You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 1083. Why do we want passive income? Because we want control. We want control of the time that we have left in this world. And we can absolutely get it from real estate. We can absolutely get it from this business. We can absolutely get it from wholesaling, building a wholesaling company, 100%. But it takes a shift in mindset. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Darren Bentley here and welcome to today's episode, which is a very special episode. Brent Daniels did a recent training where he covered in depth the 17 steps of doing a wholesale deal, wholesaling a house. And he did this training more specifically for realtors. As you know, Brent has been an agent for many, many years. And these are real estate agents who are out there typically running themselves ragged for two to 3% commissions, if they're lucky to even get that. Many times it's much, much less than that. But it's no secret that wholesaling is the gateway into pretty much all forms of real estate investing. And you obviously know this because you're listening to this podcast. Well, this training is not only beneficial to you if you are currently an agent, but you are going to get a ton of value here, even if you're not. Because in this presentation, Brent lays out the fundamentals of why you should be wholesaling, especially in today's market, what to look for, the types of properties, understanding why many people sell their homes at a massive discount, 40, 50 cents on the dollar. That's a hard one for a lot of people to wrap their heads around. And he goes into that here and he shares practical steps on what you need to do to achieve success as a real estate wholesaler even in this changing market. If you're not a real estate agent right now, should you consider getting your license? Does being a licensed agent open you up to more wholesaling opportunities or less with having to disclose that you're an agent? Well, you're going to get the answer to those questions and so much more on this episode. Enjoy. So it was 2013 and I was in a neighborhood in Central Phoenix, and I was door knocking, and I was door knocking to get listings, right? It was a really popular area, and any of the listings that you put up for sale would sell fast, right? So I figured, you know, I don't have a big marketing budget. My referrals do okay, but if I get a lot of listings in this area, I'll be well-known, and I could really build a brand, and I could really build up this company, and it's going to be it's going to be incredible. So I would go out every single morning at 8 a.m., and I would find a different neighborhood, and by about 8.30, I'd go and knock on all the neighbor's doors and ask them, you know, when do you plan on selling this property? I have a buyer that's looking in the area. You know, if you were to sell this home, where would you go next, right? All the typical real estate agent scripts. And uh, I knocked on this door. It was at the end of the street. It was um, it was a corner lot. And I knocked on the door. The screen door was open. And, you know, I kind of stood back a little bit. So I didn't, I didn't want to scare them. And uh, this wonderful lady answered the door. And I went through the whole spiel. Do you, you know, I, I have a buyer that's looking in this area. Uh, have you thought about selling this property? 
And uh, she said, no, I love it. The neighborhood's great. We raised our kids here. We would never move. But I am the caretaker of a property uh, four houses down. And the owner actually lives in New York. And she's older and she's got a bunch of stuff in the house and she doesn't know what to do with the property. You know, I think she, she has to sell it to an investor, you know, sell it to somebody that's going to go and, and fix up the property and make it something special and, and help out with moving all of the personal property. So I was like, well, this is perfect. You know, do you mind if I talk to her? She goes, well, let me go inside. I'm going to go and get her on the phone and just get her permission to give you her information, right? So... She came back out with a slip of paper. It had the, the woman's name, the address, and the phone number. And so I was like, okay, great. I've got the name, address, phone number. I'm going to go to my office, and I'm going to call her, and I'm going to get this listing, or I'm going to help, you know, I'm going to put this in front of a buyer, or whatever else. This is incredible, right? Wow, what a great lead. And then I was like, no, you know what? If I go to my office, I'm going to talk myself out. It's going to be weird. You know, I'm going to, maybe I'll get distracted by something else. I'm going to call her right now. So I called her right then on the street and I had a great conversation with her. And she said she did want to sell. She wanted to sell it as is. And she's open to an offer. And I said, how much do you want for it? And she said 150000 And I was like, wow, that's a good price. That's a good price. 2013, it was a decent price. And so uh, I knew I, I, I had to connect with an investor. So I called the, the only investor that I knew that was really active that had a bunch of cash. And I said, hey, listen... I've got this seller. It's not on the market, but they want 150,000. If you give me three, would you give me 3% if I, you know, put this deal together? And he goes, yeah, that'd be amazing. Right. And so <laughs> I put this deal together. We're getting down to the closing and I look at the closing statement to make sure that my commission's on there. Right. Because it wasn't like a formal on the market type of thing. I just wanted to double check, make sure that, that my buyer was going to pay my 3%. Well, my buyer's not on on the closing statement. What we used to call HUD ones now are closing statements, right? My uh, buyer's name wasn't on there. It was some other company. And on the bottom, I saw this thing called an assignment fee and it said $30,000. And I was like, what, what is this? So I called up my, my client, Derek, and I said, Derek, what's going on? Are you buying this property? He goes, oh, no, 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 I already sold it. And I said, what do you mean you sold the property? He goes, yeah, I, I, I sold it. I go, you don't even own the property. How are you selling the property? He goes, no, 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 I sold the contract. I go, what? He goes, yeah, no, I sold, I sold the contract. I assigned it to a friend of mine that wants to do the deal. And I was like, okay, but it's closing, right? And he goes, yeah. I brought him three more deals over the next month. Uh, and I made, right, 3% on 150, 4,500. Plus I had the splits with my broker. That time it was like a 70, 30 up until I paid a certain amount. It was early in the year. And then I got the rest, you know, it was whatever, three grand. And I did that a few, three other times. And I made about, I don't know, 10 or 15,000. And he made $92,000, my investor, 92,000. I made 15. He never went to these properties. He never took pictures of these properties. I did all that. I, I brought all of these deals to him and he, he sold the paper. And then that's when the light bulb went off. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? And he goes, yeah, it's called wholesaling. And I was like, it changed my life forever. Let me back up a little bit, all right? I think that a lot of us, let me see if this sounds correct, because you're about to take the red pill, right? The matrix, right? You're about to break out of the matrix here. 
if you haven't already, and really discover what wholesaling real estate is and the power it is, and that you can actually build a business that you, that is a servant to you and you're not a servant to it. All right. Much different than being a real estate agent. All right. And I love you because I've been a real estate agent since 2004 and like talking and speaking and teaching this to real estate agents and seeing the lights go on and that electricity go back into your feet and into your body because the reason you joined real estate, finally, you can go and be proactive and go after this. Finally, there's like a light at the end of the tunnel. May of 2004, that's me passing my real estate license. I had no idea anything about real estate. I just went out and thought you had to get your real estate license like a lot of us do. You gotta get your real estate license because that's the only way that you can understand and get connections and understand what title and escrow is and what lenders are and how to work with buyers and sellers and how to work through the paperwork, right? And then, but, but the reason we do it is because we wanna be investors. We wanna invest in real estate. We want that beautiful two words that just every time we hear it, our brains just go bananas. Cash flow. Oh, cash flow. That's what we want. We didn't want to just, you know, get into real estate to, to be an employee, right? And don't get it twisted, right? The next step is, you know, you, you get into real estate and they tell you, oh, this is, you're a business owner. You're an independent contractor. You now are a business owner. And you go through the rich dad poor dad and you're like, yes, you got to be a business owner to do that. But if you look at the cash flow quadrant, you're really just self-employed. You're just a really, and some of us highly paid self-employed people, right? You're not a business owner. Your name is the brand. You have to go on these appointments. You have to build this up for a long period of time. You need to build the referrals. When your aunt refers somebody to you, you take that call. When your parents need to buy a house, you help them out. I don't care how successful you are. You're still out there. You're still self-employed. You're not, you're not a business owner. You're not here. But I'm going to show you how to be here and looking down at the business and, and letting the business actually run without you because it is powerful once you learn how to wholesale real estate. Not only that, but it is simpler to build this business in a short amount of time than it would ever be building a real estate team or a little mini brokerage is what essentially you build when you start being a real estate agent, you start bringing on buyer's agents and listings agents and all this other stuff. And then you start training them. And then all of a sudden you look up, your income's gone down and, or stayed, stayed the same. And you've got all these people that you're responsible for. Stop. I'm going to show you a better way. I'm going to show you a better way to actually be a business owner and stay on the right side of this cash flow quadrant. The, the business owner and then get into the investor side, which is what we really want. What we really want is to be on the investor side because that's where the cash flow is. We want to get real wild passive cash flow, right? From our real estate investments. But it's really tough to do that if we're on the treadmill of being a real estate agent. And I was. I was on the treadmill. This is this is me, right? Suits, the button-ups. I was going to the dry clean. Look at that. My the soul has left my body. There is no soul in this guy right here. I'm just telling you. It was exhausting. Open houses on the weekends, showings on the weekends, inspections on the weekends, uh, things going on at between six and nine o'clock every single night, putting out fires all the time, applying for the job of selling somebody's house, somebody else being the boss. The clients are the boss. 
Somebody else being the boss all the time, needing something all the time. There's no freedom to that. There's no, there's no freedom of schedule. And what do we want? Why do we want passive income? Because we want control. We want control of the time that we have left in this world. And we can absolutely get it from real estate. We can absolutely get it from this business. We can absolutely get it from wholesaling, building a wholesaling company, 100%. But it takes a shift in mindset. And I'm going to walk you through that. All right, we're going to take the red pill for real. But here's another one, because it's just going to relate so much to what a lot of people on this are going through or have been through, right? The cubicles making the calls. And in this right here, March 2016, I was actually calling on ugly houses that were off the market. And I was calling and calling, calling and calling. That's March. If you look here, November, that same year was the first time I broke over $100,000. And ask me how much of that, uh, I think it was like $102,000. Ask me how much of that went to my brokerage. Zero. I wasn't representing anybody. I was representing myself. And then when you assign it, you're not representing yourself anymore. You're just assigning the rights to a different cash buyer, right? So let me show you how this works. All right, let's go to the board real quick. All right, first of all, in a traditional real estate transaction, right, here's you, and you're either representing the seller or you're representing the buyer, right? With the seller, you've got your, your listing agreement, right? And with the buyer, you're getting paid through the purchase agreement. That's typically how you're getting commissions. And the average here is about 2.5 if you Google it. If you Google it, it's about 2.5. And by the way, this you, there's about, I don't know, what, two, three million licensed real estate people? Ask yourself how many wholesalers you know personally. How many real estate agents do you know personally? We're gonna start looking at some of these metrics, right? But this is typically how you get paid, right? You go and you apply for the job with the seller, you get a listing agreement, you get it sold and you get paid. And then typically you get paid two and a half percent or you represent the buyer and boom, you get paid and that's fantastic. Now, let me show you how it works with wholesale. You go and you put the purchase agreement between you and the seller. You're the buyer of the deal. You're going in, you're negotiating, you're sitting down, and you put the property under contract, okay? And that's with the purchase agreement. And you can use your realtor contract, which is fine, or you can use, what I use is just a two-page, a very simple contract. It's three pages now, but a very simple contract that my attorney put together, and we'll make sure that you get a copy of it. And then you've got between the cash buyer, now what you do is once you have a smoking deal, this property's beat up, right? These are ugly houses. You know, they're boarded up, they're vacant, they're in rough shape, right? They're probably not going to get a conventional loan in a traditional wholesale deal. These are the properties that are in distress. But did you know that 6 to 10% of the real estate market is in distress at all times? Vacancies, right? Vacant properties. You can look at the 2020 census. There's 11 million vacant single-family homes that have been vacant for over a year. 11 million Okay, there's 143 million residential units, residential properties, right, in the United States. That means that's upward to 14 million opportunities to go after and serve this market. As agents, we served the other 94 to 90%. These are the clean houses that should be listed, right? They should get the highest value that they can, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the properties that are in distress, the properties that are going to be going to foreclosure, the hoarder houses, the properties that just went through probate, inherited, 
right? The properties that owe property taxes, the properties that are just really in rough shape. They need capital investment to be put into them and the owners and the heirs of the owners aren't able to do it. This is where we come in. This is where we make a fortune right here. The six to 10%, not those beautiful houses, not the luxury homes. That's fine. That's great. But we're talking about on these deals, we average 10%, 10%. That's five X this. 10% is the average that you make on these deals. The average deal size is, is, is 150,000. So 15,000 is the average assignment fee. Now let's get technical, but I'm going fast here because you guys are licensed. You guys understand this. This isn't just somebody coming off the street, right? So you get the purchase agreement between you and the distressed property owner. And then this is the beautiful thing that I never knew existed. It's called an assignment. Assignment agreement, assignment agreement between you and the cash buyer. This contract right here is where you put in that $15,000. You put this property under contract for $150,000. Your cash buyer wants to buy it for $165,000. They're willing to pay you $15,000 for you to give them this contract, to give them the purchase agreement, to take your name off of the purchase agreement and put their name on it. Not technically, it's all done in the assignment. How incredible is that? Wait, 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 wait. How much down payment did you put down? Nothing, right? How much repair costs did you put into this property? Nothing. You're talking about in a market that's trending downwards, that you have zero risk and all upside and all you have to do is go have quality conversations with distressed property owners and match them with the cash buyers that are in your market every single day that are buying to add to their portfolio, to fix and flip, to create Airbnbs, to do long-term, all the long-term rentals, all of these things, that's all you have to do. You don't have to go there and do your listing presentation and come up with your CMA. You don't have to go through a 10-day inspection period where you're hiring professional inspectors and hoping it doesn't break the deal, right? None of that. No appraisers, no loan qualifications. I mean, a lot of these people are getting hard money lenders, but they're asset-based lenders. They're going to take a look at this and they're going to give them the money based on what they think this is worth. It's the best business ever. The big mindset shift that I had to have was why would anybody do this? Why would anybody not sell their house for top dollar, right? Because by the way, this property that you put under for 150, they bought for 165. Once it's fixed up, it's worth 300. They have to put 50, 60, 70 into it, right? Why wouldn't they just sell it for 220 on the market? As is. Speed, convenience, price. Every seller only gets two. Speed, convenience, and price. If they want speed and they want convenience, then they will take a discount. Because why? Speed, you can close fast, it's cash. Convenience, they're not fixing up the house. They're not putting another cent into it. It's not going on the internet. It's not being shown by a ton of people. They're, they don't have to get out of the house. They don't have to clean up, right? They just leave it whatever they want. No problem. 
I'm done with this, right? They're selling their chipped guitar to the pawn store for cents on the dollar. That's exactly what's happening here. People will trade speed and convenience for price every minute of every hour of every day in every market. It's happening. Red pill. It's happening right now. They will trade price to get speed and convenience. But we live in a world where price and speed is what we've been living in, right? That's what happens when you put it on the market. It's not convenient when you list your home. It's not convenient what the sellers go through in a traditional real estate transaction because it takes some time. They have to get everything cleaned up. All those things I mentioned before, they have to fix things up. They got to invest. They got to paint different rooms. They got to be available for strangers to walk through their house to see if they want to buy it. It's bananas. It's not convenient, but they do get a higher price. And it is fast because it exposes it to the market. But if they want that, that convenience and the speed, I'm telling you, they go for the cash as is offer. Cash as is offer. That's what we're looking for. And when these people are in, in a distressed situation, they sell it and they will forego potential equity in their property to get rid of this, this stress that's in their life. Isn't it incredible? It's absolutely bananas. I love it. I love it. All right. I'm getting excited here. Let's, let's walk through this. All right. Here is uh, 17 steps. Let's pull this up. 17 steps to wholesaling. All right. Let's start here. Number one, you got to find a list to target. All right. This is exact, guys. This is exact, the exact steps that you take to do a wholesale deal in any market. This is literally a checklist. You could go out there today after this training and go get a wholesale deal and sell it. Okay. Let's look at this list right here. Number one, you got to get the list. You got to pull the list of distressed property owners. Remember, we're filtering down. If you take every property in your market and then filter it down to that six to 10% that are ugly, then that's where that's your target market, right? Those are the ugly houses that you go driving. You can literally physically drive around and find the ugliest properties on the street, get their address, get their information, call the owner, right? You can pull lists from a ton of incredible resources now that I never knew about as an agent, like batch leads, uh, that you could go and you could pull all these distressed lists and, and start reaching out to them, right? That's the first thing is you got to find the list to target, all right? Number two here is you got to talk to them. You got to make contact with them. You got to make contact with these property owners, right? You got to have a quality conversation. Nothing stuck. Listen, you want to be more productive in real estate? There's only two ways. Talk to more people or have a better quality conversation with the people that you talk to. And if you do both, you're unstoppable. But that's the only the two ways to be more efficient in this business, to be more productive. So you have all these ugly houses and then you got to talk to them. You got to have a conversation with these people. And that's what it starts. And then from there, you have to make sure, are they an actual lead, right? Number three is you got to pre-qualify. What is a lead? A lead is somebody that has made the decision that they are going to sign the deed to somebody else soon, right? They've made this decision that they are going to sell this property. That's a lead. And then from there, you have to pre-qualify them to see if this is somebody that's going to do business with you. And there's four steps to that, right? You got to get the property condition. How much work does this property need? Condition first, their timeline to sell it. When do they want to be done with this? Critical. This is the difference between hot leads, warm leads, and cold leads is what's the timeline, all right? The motivation. 
What is their motivation? What is their problem that a cash as is offer will solve? There needs to be something that, that hurts them for you to be able to heal them. If they're just fine and there's no problem, then just put it on the market. No problem. You're not going to be, it's not going to be convenient, but it's fine. So there has to be a problem in there. And then the last one, of course, is price. What price do they want? You know, as a real estate agent, that's one of the toughest things, right? Pulling that price. No, no, no. You come over. You tell me what you think. You see the house. Tell me what you think. Let me tell you something. With these rough properties, yeah, it's tougher to pull it out, but it's a lot easier than it is before you go on a listing appointment. A lot easier. Because they're just like, you know, whatever. I'll just sell it. I'll sell it for, you know, I just want to be done with this property. And there's techniques to pull the price out of them. Next is due diligence. Once you have your list and you've talked to them and you've pre-qualified them, now you have to understand what is the after-repaired value. There's a couple of different acronyms that are different from, from traditional real estate. And I know that you guys are investor savvy, but after-repaired value, repaired value. This is once they are looking great or ARV. That's a terrible R. But ARV, once they're looking perfect, what does it sell for? That that is absolutely critical. And then what is the estimated repairs that needs to go in there? Very easy. We have a chart for that, but very easy to understand based on the square footage and based on the condition, what the estimated repair would be. And then that gets you to the max allowable offer, the Mao, not the Chinese dictator, the max allowable offer. I mean, this is what the price that you can offer them. And that's what you do in your due diligence. And then next step is you got to do lead follow-up, lead follow-up, lead follow-up, lead follow-up. It is not often, it is not often that you are able to one call close somebody. You call them up, they're like, oh, I've been waiting for you. Oh, Susan, you, you called me and I need to sell and I want cash and I want 20 cents on the dollar come over to my house right now. It's very rare. It happens. And I'll tell you a story before we move on to question and answers, but it's not very often. So you got to do lead follow-up, lead follow-up, lead follow-up, lead follow-up. Typically, we've looked at the stats from doing this for the last uh, nine years, and it's typically 12 contacts, 12 reach outs before a deal is done. All right. Just some stats for you there. Next is your appointment. You got to go on the appointment, right? whether it be a virtual point. And by the way, this is something that I really want to point out here. I work with a lot of people that live in other countries, Nigeria, Germany, uh, Belgium, uh, a ton in Israel. Those guys are incredible. And they're all doing this business virtually. How crazy is that? You can pick any market you want. Any market you want. You can do all of these steps on the phone, all of them. You could send the offer through DocuSign. You could do everything without ever standing, stepping foot into any of these markets. It's incredible. You, I mean, you could make seven figures a year and never go into the, the markets that you've ever, that, that you're doing deals in. You can't do that in real estate. I mean, you could kind of clone your, your process and, and get a little chunk of it from some other agents in some other markets. But unless you need a real estate agent in a certain state, which most of the states that you don't, you can go into any market. It's incredible. All right. So on the appointment, right? You go on the appointment. You're making sure that before you go on the appointment, you get advanced agreements, right? Mr. and Mrs. Seller, 
it seems like we've agreed, like, I know when you want to close, you want to close in two weeks. You wanted 140,000. And really the last question is, you know, do you want to work with me? Well, yeah. Okay, great. I'll be out. Some advanced agreements. Or when I come out and we agree on everything, is there anything stopping us from moving forward with the agreement so that I can open escrow and get things going? Advanced agreements before you go on the appointments. You want to, you definitely want to get that so that you have a solid appointment. Next is the offer presentation. This is where you're, you're going through the contract and we all know how to do this. You already have the advanced agreements. So instead of, and, and we all know, we've all taken sales courses and everything. You sit next to them, not across from them. You don't want to be playing poker. You want to, you want to be on the same team, right? You sit next to them and you sign it first and you pass it over and they sign. Get the contract accepted. Boom. Seller accepts it. That's the next one. The next one is number eight is you get the contract accepted, right? Now you've got a signed contract. It's the eighth step. And you know what number nine is. Number nine is opening escrow. So what I like doing is I like scanning the contract in and sending it right to title while I'm sitting there and leave them the contract. Easy. And by the way, there are brokerages, and this is going to come up, that you go, well, do I have to run this all through my brokerage? Maybe, if your brokerage requires it. But there's a lot of boutique brokerages that don't care. There's a lot of flat fee brokerages that don't care. Because who are you representing in this? Where's the employment agreement in this deal? When you lock up a deal, okay, well, I'm the principal on this. I have to turn that into my broker. Great. But when you assign it, you're not the principal anymore. So what paperwork do they need? So you can find wholesaling and investing friendly brokerages in your area that'll work with you. They don't care because there's no representation. You're not out there representing somebody in the transaction and earning a commission. This is totally different world. It's the red pill. It's incredible. All right. I've said that like three or four times. I like it. Next, you're, you're, yeah, you're depositing, you're opening escrow, depositing your earnest money. Next is this is when you market to your cash buyers. You get on the phone and you start calling all of your top cash buyers that you know want to buy properties. They want discounted properties. If you don't have any, well, there's a lot of different ways to find those, but you could find them easily. I know you can. And you call them up and you see if they want to buy this property, right? And you find the right one and then you assign it to them. And that's the next step. Step number 12. Step number 12 is you assign the contract. It goes back to this. You've done all this work. You've gone after the 6 to 10%. They're distressed properties. You've got the purchase agreement. You then send over the assignment agreement to your cash buyer. They agree to pay what you want to make on this deal. And boom, you've assigned the deal. Next is you got to make sure that your, your buyers are real. And this is a real step here, 13. And we require 5,000 non-refundable earnest deposit, 5,000. How do I know if my buyer's real? What if it's another wholesaler? What if they're just pulling my leg and they don't really want to close on it, but they just, you know, are big talkers? 5,000 non-refundable earnest deposit. That's how. So once, they, once that's in, life's good. You know that you've got a solid buyer. Next step. Oh, we know this phrase, clear to close. It's clear to close. All of the title issues, anything sticky, you know, it gets all done. The title company goes, we're ready. We've got all the payoff information. 
We're making sure that we've got all, all the people that are on title are on board. And then the buyer and seller, the next step, buyer and seller go in and, uh, and sign, right? The 15th and 16th and 17th step are all downhill. 15th is you just check to make sure that the, the buyer's funds got the title. And you typically want to make sure it's a day before, but you know how some buyers are, especially these cash buyer investors. They're like, well, whatever, you know, I'll wire it in in the morning or the hard money lender will wire it in that day because they don't want to, you know, get charged interest for the day. Great. So they wire in the funds and then you close the deal. And then the very best part is number 17, where you get paid. <laughs> oh, that's the best day. Oh, that is the best day. I am telling you, before we get to question and answers, we called a, a property owner from a driving for dollars list. We were driving in South Phoenix, older property. It was a rental property for this gal. And uh, my acquisition manager called me and she was a killer. She knew how to close deals. She said, you need to get down here. I was like, why? Close the deal. She's like, no, 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 you need to get down here. So I got down there and the property owner, uh, I'm like, hey, how you doing? Her name was Fran. A cowgirl friend is what she went by. Smart, funny, uh, strong. And she said, um, she goes, yeah, I'm going to sell my house to you guys. And I said, okay, well, what do you want for it? She said $9,000. I zillowed it just real quick on my way there on the app, $220,000. That's the Zillow. I go, <laughs> I go, Fran, have you sold much real estate? Are you familiar? Like, you know that 9,000 is really low. She goes, I've been a real estate broker for 20 years. I go, okay, well, then what do you think it would sell for on the market? She said 200000 I could sell for 200000 And I said, well, why are you giving me $191,000 of equity? And she says, honey, my brother passed away, had no kids. I have no kids. I don't want to sell it on the market. I just want to, I want to bless another real estate investor. Are you kidding me? Like, I sold it for 168000 with one phone call. It's absolutely incredible. It's absolutely incredible. But the thing that I really realized is, one, I needed a lot more instruction on how to do this on a daily basis. I needed accountability. So I joined the Wholesaling Inc. coaching program and I needed a community because I knew if I didn't have the community and if I didn't have a mentor, if I didn't have somebody that, to coach me and keep me accountable, I was just going to fall back into being a real estate agent. It was comfortable. So I want, to, I, I want you guys to join me. I want you, I want to invite you. If this all made sense and like your brain's buzzing and you're like, holy cow, this is game changing, apply for ttp.com. Seriously, apply for ttp.com. We have an incredible community. We have an incredible coaching. Just check it out. See if it feels good. If it feels good in your gut, I want you to sign up for a call and talk to us and see if you'd like to join our world, right? Join the most proactive community in real estate investing. I want you to go to applyfortttp.com. Go there, check it out. At least get on a call. Get on a call and have a conversation and see if it's the right fit. Because I'd love to work with you. I'd love to invite you into this community because without a community, I, I would have, I'm telling you, I wouldn't have made it. I would have slipped back, slipped back, slipped back. I would have done those three deals. I would have just messed around. It took me three years. So I did those three deals and then I did about four deals the next year in 2014, 2015, I did five deals and I was kind of listening to the podcast, the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. And I was like, I got to get into this thing. 2016, I joined. And then by October, that's when I start hit, hitting $100,000 months. It's not an accident. And I'm not just like hyping this thing up. 
Like, it's just real. I know it to my core. I know it to my bones. It is absolutely real. When you are with a community of absolute killers in this business, people that are pushing hard and are uh, keeping each other accountable and see each other every single day. We do all these Zooms all day long, every week, all week. So I'm just, I want to invite you in here. Obviously, that's the, that's the next step. If you're really feeling like, you know, this is, this is something that I want to do. All right. Now let's open up for some questions. I'm not sure how you guys want to do this, uh, but let's open up for some questions in case I miss something. Uh, I emailed sale agreement to a seller two days ago, and he got back to me yesterday that he want me to send him letter of intent. I told him everything that would be in the letter of intent is on the sale agreement I sent him. He said he still insists on getting letter of intent. What can I do? Yeah, Mojid, here's the thing. Some people are just very confused. If you don't present it in person or have somebody present it in person, you know, some, some people just don't really want to go through it and understand it. So they feel like a letter of intent, in my experience, is like a filtered down version of the contract that they can look at and and really understand the terms and still kind of stiff arm you and put up a little force field so that they don't have to, you know, agree to something before they have other people review it. Right? Like a lot of people feel like when they say the word contract, and I would never use the word contract, I would say agreement. Always say agreement because contracts sound like you're getting into something negative, right? You're getting stuck into like some sort of cell phone, you know, plan or something, right? Uh, or like a satellite or whatever else. Use the word agreement. And then you got to dig deep, Mojit, and just ask him, what makes you comfortable about a letter of intent over a purchase contract? Well, I just prefer it. Okay. You said that you were ready to sell your property. You said that you wanted this price, right? So just make sure that they're pre-qualified. I feel like that pro- that that deal's probably not pre-qualified and you were just sending over an offer and he's like, okay, I'll review it. So make sure you get the condition, timeline, motivation, price. Make sure you get those before you give them paperwork, all right? Because once you give them paperwork, that's when the leverage starts. That's when they can take it and start, you know, finding other people to add on top of it to beat you out. Yes, Bob, great question. That's the best part, like... I highly suggest that you call yourself in the beginning to really build those skills of being proactive and and effectively communicating and keeping your profits because this business, by the way, and I love that you asked this, Bob, but yes, all every single part of that process I haven't done for the last three years. We made 1.7 million, 1.735 last year. This year we're on track for about the same. And I'm 55% profitability. I work in this business two hours a week, maybe five when we have to like really put stuff in. And I'm not, I'm not joking you like, and my team all works from home. Like this is a different world than going into a real estate brokerage and sitting through the brokerage meetings and listening to all of these other things that don't get you productive and don't teach you skills to make a lot of money in this business. So, Bob, yeah, I've got two absolute savages. I've got one uh, caller that lives in Costa Rica that's made us over $600,000 in profit this year. Sorry, gross, this year. I know, I'm going to read Bob's question. Bob asked if I hire VAs. So, uh, VAs to make calls. VAs are virtual assistants, yes. There's a couple different companies that I really like, and uh, they do a great job. Apply4ttp.com. Check it out. Apply for TTP.com, guys. 
If I had this at the start of my career, it would be bananas. I mean, absolutely incredible. But I just, I feel for real estate agents. I was in brokerages for, oh gosh, a decade and a half. And just the lights out in the eyes of real estate agents that have been doing this forever. I was like, I need to not be on this path. I want to be an investor. I want to own properties. I want to be able to do these things. I want to be able to get that cash flow. I want to be able to build an actual business. And you think that cash flow is just from real estate investing. It's not. The cash flow last year in 2021 and this year that I'm getting with 55% profit all the years. I don't know why I'm talking about last year and this year. I'm trying to be current here because in real estate, I think that we always feel like, oh yeah, you did it last year, but are you doing it this year and this type of thing? Yes, 55% profitability. That's cash flow. Is it passive? No, I work, I work eight to 15 hours a month in this business because I have people that do all of those 17 things. So apply for ttp.com. Is there any special contract addendum that you use to disclose your realtor status so the seller understands which hat you're wearing when wholesaling? Yes, you just put it on your contract. Yeah, you just put it on the contract that you have a uh, active real estate license or whatever is required from your um, state and you put it in there for sure. Yeah, but in my experience, they actually prefer it. I mean, don't go into that house with two hats on. You'll look ridiculous. Any person that wears two hats looks ridiculous. But if you have your realtor hat and your investor hat on at the same time, you're going to confuse them and they're going to sell it to me or somebody, you know, like me. Tony asks, does this TTP uh, method work for commercial properties? Um, Tony, listen, commercial real estate, if you talk to any commercial broker, no matter how successful, the first five years, they're cold calling. They are calling and calling and calling and calling and calling and calling and calling. That's every industry, by the way. Insurance, hotels, resorts, everything. I mean, you you could look at any industry. You know who's who's the most gangster cold callers of all time? Zillow. They have a a whole office building filled with hundreds of people that call you and I to get us to buy ads from them so that we don't have to call actual property owners. How about that? Isn't that bananas? They're the most gangster uh, prospectors of all times. You know, you're getting hit up by, by Zillow people all the time. Denise asks, after the buyer pays the earnest money at, at closing, does it go towards the purchase of the home or you, the wholesale? It goes to them. It goes to the purchase. So remember, guys, when they take over the purchase contract, they now are obligated to that contract. That's their contract now. Now, you put together an assignment agreement that does not need to be signed by the seller because it's between you and the buyer, and you outline what happens there. And in that assignment agreement, you get your earnest money back if you had to put some down, depends on what state you're at in and if you need consideration for a contract to be valid. But uh, you get your earnest money back, and their earnest money gets deposited, goes to the purchase of the property. Great question. Her mama... I love that. I bet you have a beautiful daughter. Uh, Can we bring houses that we find to your team if we don't have a network of buyers? Absolutely. But I would encourage you to find your own. Honestly, it's not that hard and uh, something that we train on a lot. And, And that's that's sometimes that's a sticking point. It was a sticking point for me for a long time because I only had like two guys that I went to and uh, they would beat me up on price because, you know, they were like, "Eh, yeah, I could do it. But can you give me a couple grand off? Yeah, sure. You're my homie. But you build a nice, a nice, strong, stable buyers and uh, you get the most for your deals for sure.
Sebastian, how far would you go on repairing a distress house to one that is generally an easy repair? Can you share with us the table you use to set the price? I don't have it on my computer. We have it on the other computer. We could find a way to uh, post this. If you go to TTP, well, go to applyfortttp.com and we'll get it to you. Uh, How can I provide proof of funds if I'm getting started? Great question. I want you to Google hard money lenders in your area. And I want you to call them up and ask for, uh, tell them that you're you're really proactive. You're going after these incredible deals, but you need a, a, a letter of credit because they don't care about your, your background. They care about the property and they'll give you a letter of credit. Um, and that's how you get a proof of funds. Or you can just Google proof of funds and get it really fast. Uh, but I like doing it locally because you know as well as I do, if you talk to, if you're working with somebody and they've got an agent and and that's typically the only time, guys, I'm telling you, I don't think you under, nobody asks for proof of funds when it's direct to owner. Almost nobody, unless they're attorneys, right? Almost none of them. There's none of this. You literally go over and you get the contract signed. You open up escrow, you, you, you assign it to a buyer and it's done. I'm telling you, this is a different world. But if you're working with an agent, you can get a proof of funds. I mean, if they have an agent and they're requiring a proof of funds, uh, then you could do that for sure. Savannah. I have a motivated seller that wants to sell, but the price that they want is even higher than Zillow's estimate. 300,000 over. How would you approach them? Savannah, I'm going to give you advice that Tom Kroll, my mentor, gave to me, and it's made me millions. And I'm not just being sensational there or or whatever. I am. It's literally, literally. We are deal finders. We're not deal creators. We're deal finders. So if they want way more than it's worth, and they're not willing to go with the price that you're willing to do, then it's not a deal. Now, in our group, we talk about how to do creative finance stuff and how to do uh, put that together, but that's not, that's not the bread and butter of real wholesaling. Real wholesaling is a cash as is offer, right? And that's what it is. Apply for ttp.com. Don't mess around. If you're an agent and you're sick of being an agent and you know that you want to be an actual investor, this is the bridge. I am telling you, I am so passionate about it. I am so on fire about it. I'm so convicted about it. Apply for TTP.com without a doubt. Get in there. Check it out. Join us because it is a it is just an incredible, incredible world. Wholesaling is the and by the way, uh, I wish I had a, the graphic. We have this beautiful graphic where wholesaling is like the the lot. It's the land. And on top of it is fix and flip. Rental portfolios, lending money, right? Development and coaching people to do this. But it all starts with the foundation. You build a business that goes out there and consistently sources discounted properties, you win. Game over. Because guess what? You get to cherry pick the best deals for yourself. You do. And if you're a flipper, if you want to flip, if you have that design and you want to make the world a better place and revive these communities... Go direct to the seller. Find out how to be able to put these deals together and you get the biggest, best deals. You're not waiting for them to hit the MLS. You're not waiting for some wholesaler to bring it to you, which is typically what happens. You're getting them yourself. So you get the absolute best deals with the most equity when you walk into these deals, when you're doing your portfolio, when you're doing developments, when you're doing fix and flip. It's incredible. Come to our world. Come to our world. Apply for TTP.com. I love you guys. Thank you for spending time with me. You're absolutely incredible. I hope that this was impactful for you. And I hope that you make uh, you, you take some serious action uh, right away. 
So apply for TTP. Love you guys. I'll see you. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.